I have nothing to say. <laughs> no. You could say... I have to be asked questions. I okay, think. okay. So, let's introduce my podcast. If you were going to give it a quick review, what would you say? I would say, please listen to Jen Gotch. We need the money. <laughs> That's not... <laughs> That's not a review, though. Hello. Hi. This is an episode about crying. More specifically, crying at work. Although I think my cry all the time at work phase is over, I still cry at work and wanted to share some of my experiences with you. I also want to talk a little bit about how we can regulate our emotions as both employees and bosses without making work a cold-hearted place where emotions are non-existent. Grab some tissues and let's have a good cry. Well, actually, I don't think I cry in this one, believe it or not. Nonetheless, you might, and I want you to be prepared. Here we go. Okay. Hello. It's 91 degrees inside of my home. How many podcasts do you think I've opened this summer with the temperature? I'm going to guess it's six. I feel like I have one or two more left like that, and then we're going to talk about something else at the beginning. But for now, I just wanted you to know that. Crying at work. Ever heard of it? I feel like sometimes I might have invented it. It's a topic I've been thinking about for a long time, and obviously it's more than crying at work. It's like emotions at work and how do you go to work and have mental health issues and survive and thrive and all that other good stuff. I used to um, cry a lot at work. I've definitely cried at jobs. When I say at work now, I mean at Bando. But that's not to say that there weren't other jobs before that. You guys heard Buttermilk Waitress. You know that's the song of the summer. I definitely had when I was a freelancer a couple times that I cried, but it wasn't because I was suffering from an issue. It was more like I was scared or I felt super intimidated because I was a freelancer. So it was like you would meet new people and a new crew, like sometimes twice a week. And I and I remember one time this photographer was so mad with like the props that I brought for a shoot for Bon Appetit magazine that he just looked at me and was like, is there even a brain inside your head? And I just like, <laughs> and went in his laundry room and cried. And then he ended up hiring me again and we ended up being friends. So I don't know what that was, but crying at work at Bandeau became all too commonplace for me. And actually when I started kind of doing like keynotes and stuff, I used to, my first slide was always like, hi, I'm Jen Gotch and I cry at work, which really resonated with a lot of people, which made me feel good because I love to resonate, but also made me feel bad because is everyone crying at work? And I feel like the answer is if you're not crying at work, you might be crying at home. And if you're not crying at home, you might be crying in your car at the Whole Foods parking lot. And if you're not crying there, you might be crying in the movie theater or in a public restroom or in a private restroom. Anyways, there's some crying going on. So it seemed important to talk about. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, I love a good work cry and car cry and any cry really, but I definitely have found myself crying at work a lot less than I did earlier in my career. I'll tell you why I think that is and give you some tips on how you can manage your emotions responsibly at work. 
So like I said, I don't cry as much at work anymore. And I, and I know the reason why, so I want to tell you. Work isn't necessarily easier. I don't know that work ever gets easy, and I don't even know that anyone would want that. It is definitely more manageable, and I think nothing felt manageable to me at the time. Not my work, not my responsibilities, not my mental health, my physical health, my emotional health. Like All of it had really like engulfed me, and so I was just... It was like a combination of wearing my emotions on the outside and then like keeping them really tight inside and then they would squeeze out um, and that's when they'd be on the outside. So they're either on the inside or on the outside. You know, the only two places that emotions could be. So I don't know that that differentiates me from anyone. You know, I had to get to a really, really, really low place to understand that I needed to take responsibility for my own emotions and how I was going to handle that at work. And I spent a lot of time trying to improve those things, my mental health, my physical health, my emotional health. And I'm happy to say that I feel a lot happier and a lot more content. And so it's not to say I don't cry anymore. I still cry, but I think my reasons now are more just like, I feel like there's a really healthy flow of emotion. And I think that's like an important distinction to make. My friend Busy and I talk about crying a lot. Um, she's, she's a really good crier. And I was always like very kind of ashamed about crying. And I kind of learned from her. And I feel like I said this in another episode. Obviously, she's my cry idol, which is a cry idol, if you couldn't figure that out. But she made me feel more comfortable with it. And I think like part of my comfort came out of the fact that I was just emoting and it wasn't like anything to be ashamed of. Like, in fact, I've done a lot of work to get to that place where emotions can just flow out. And then maybe I'm not holding on to as much. Whereas before, I think it was just like, so just like a hamster wheel of emotion. Then I was trapped on it. Now it's like a flowing river, and that's no problem. <laughs> I don't know what that I don't know what that noise was. Sometimes my mouth just makes noise that my brain has no idea why it's making that. So great news for someone who has their own podcast, or also the worst news ever. So just because I'm not crying as much doesn't mean that there aren't people crying in my workplace. And and I feel like it happens in lots of workplaces. And I feel like there's a, a lot of questions around how will we get better as bosses and, and executives to create a workplace that is open to emotions. And then how do we get better as employees to handle that? responsibility of, of being, being allowed emotions. That sounds so weird, but like being allowed emotions in the workplace is not something, you know, that's, that's very different than, than how it was, you know, workplaces were quite stoic, obviously with so many like female founded and female run companies, it's, it's changing and that's great. Um, and we spend so much time there, so it would make sense that there would, there would be room for emotion. I mean, at Bando, there's a lot of women in our, in our LA office, but there's 
several men on our executive board and they have been nothing but supportive initially with my own emotions and mental health. And then really, you know, working with me and a group of people in LA to figure out like, what can we do? What more can we do? Cause there's, it's, it's not easy, you know? So, so since I am the way I am, which is like a pretty open person who's happy to be vulnerable and talk about emotions, people do tend to come to me and cry at work, which I welcome because I love to help people feel better. Um, and sometimes crying is the first step. You know, they cry because they have stress at home, health issues, family issues, stress at work, mental health issues. They're overwhelmed. They're sad. They're happy. They're excited. They're uncertain. Uh, They just lost their job. They were just offered a promotion. Uh, Maybe it's just because there was a really fucking cute puppy in our office. I, I feel like at least three people cried when Waffles, the puppy, came into the office. Shout out to Waffles. I love a good shout out. So the concept of not bringing emotions to work seems foreign, right? I mean, we we can all agree on that um, given the time we spent. And especially those of us in a creative industry, it's like really hard because you need to kind of plug into those same emotions in order to be creative. So sometimes you access some stuff that may not feel traditionally work appropriate, but we, but we're changing that. Um, also we're, we're human and, and I, I'm human, believe it or not. <laughs> and so I think like for me, you know, I had, didn't have any other corporate experience and I, I've always led with emotions. So it, it never made sense for me not to have emotions in the workplace. And I actually learned that, um, it can't be a free for all, you know, and I, and, and over time, and this is a lesson I'm still learning and one that I hope you do too, you have to take control of some of that management. Like you can't just go in and share all your problems with whoever will listen, because for a lot of people that feels like you're passing off the responsibility to them. And I remember having that a lot, even with Jamie at the beginning of Bando, where I was struggling a lot emotionally, financially, and I would for lack of a better word, dump it on her. I didn't feel like I was dumping. I felt like I was sharing and, and, and looking for insight and help, but she was really resistant to that because she kind of was protecting her own, you know, her own mental state and really didn't want to own my problems, which is completely fair. And so I think you have to just be acutely aware of that too. And then I think, you know, the other slice is, there are emotions and then there's like a mental health issue. So, you know, for me, um, bipolar disorder and anxiety are a big part of it. And those aren't always triggered by emotions. You know, sometimes it's just an imbalance in my brain that causes that. I am wholeheartedly in favor of a workplace that is full of emotion, all of the emotions. That said, it's important that we take time to assess the situation at work before we respond rather than just having a knee-jerk reaction. We're professionals and we can operate as such and still shed a tear when we are hurting, promise. That said, here are some responsibilities we have as employees when it comes to emotions at work. Before I talk about what I think bosses and leaders can do, let's talk first about 
what your responsibility as an employee is going to be. And this, this, I'm still an employee too. So, so I consider this, I consider these responsibilities really important too. And again, not always easy. So listen, this is food for thought, if nothing else, um, a point of reference. And I promise if you focus on feeling better and doing whatever that takes for you and really, truly taking care of yourself, you can get to a place where you can be super responsible with your own emotions and managing your mood. But it does take time. So here's the first thing I'll say. If you're crying every day at work or if you're really feeling that bad, there's a bigger issue at hand. Um, and, and that's, that's legitimately what I was, what I was dealing with. You have to address that and you have to identify that, you know? So what does that mean? Well, when it comes down to mental health issues, the, you know, I always talk about self-awareness and emotional intelligence. And, um, I mean, that also means being educated on what your issues are, And if you feel safe in your workplace, which hopefully you do, although I did hear from a lot of people that just felt like there was no way they were ever going to be able to do that, which, man, I wish I knew how to fix that. But that that problem lies within that those particular organizations, I would say, hopefully you can find at least one person. Hopefully that person is a manager or maybe even your HR manager, um, if nothing else, at least a coworker that you can kind of inform hey, this is, you know, I suffer from anxiety or I suffer from depression. Here are some of the signs. This is kind of what happens and what I need. And I think ultimately the goal is to be able to have those kinds of open conversations no matter what the corporate culture is. And we will get there. It will take time. I mean, I think there's still legislation probably that has to come into play there. But what do I know about legislation? I'm just a chief creative officer slash podcaster slash soon-to-be author uh, slash trash dancer with incredible sex hair. But, you know, context and communication are so important in relationships, work relationships included. So I I would definitely start there. The other thing is, if it is safe for you, you really have to... Be careful not to take advantage of flexible, caring bosses that give you time and space to heal. Make sure when you take those days out of office that you really, truly do need them. And I I hope you know, I think you know that I am not coming from a place that is not uh, empathetic. I have felt all of these feelings. I have also felt like, woe is me, I can't do it. And I I really could have, you know, and I, and I think it always goes back to doing your best and really checking in with yourself to say like, could I push through today or, or do I really need this time? Um, because so much of this has to do with trust because it's not like you broke your leg. And so you can't always show, um, your pain in, in, in a more obvious way. And so, you know, you have to be able to, build that trust. Okay. Yeah. So take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Identify what your problems are, what you're suffering with, what your challenges are. See what can be done physically, mentally, emotionally with doctors, therapists, your own 
care, identify those things that are just going to flare up regardless, create those relationships at work, find a safe space, um, find people to talk to, and make sure that when you are bringing emotions to work, that you are being responsible with them and that you're not letting your emotions cloud your judgment when it relates to business or your job. That's, I think, where emotions start to get a bad rap. And there does have to be some separation between work responsibilities and being a human being. Now, listen, I don't think it needs to be as drastic as some people, but you you really do have to get have enough of a handle on it to be like I'm just going to put I'm going to put these in a drawer for a minute and I'm going to just think through this logically and then I can go back and revisit them afterwards. So, all of that is really important. You may hear my voice right now and think I sound very relaxed. And you'd be right. Why am I so relaxed? Well, I'll tell you, I came across an app called Calm. I came across it because they asked to be a sponsor on my podcast. And I am very strict when it comes to sponsors because I only want things that will help you, help me, help us, be interesting, be something I love that I want to share with you. And obviously, they had me at Calm. So I've spent the last few weeks getting to know Calm. And you know what I want to tell you? Approved. Approved. Also, I guess this company called Apple named it the app of the year last year. (laughs) But I know that my stamp of approval would be just as relevant for you. Um, Well, you know, we talk so much about we. I talk to you so much about the importance of sleep and how great meditation has been. If you think about that, how to feel better right now episode, I think I talk about all those things, relaxing, stress relief, mindfulness. This app does all of those things. I mean, it's actually quite impressive what they've, what they have here. There's like bedtime stories. You can listen to the ocean. You can listen to a babbling brook. You can Look at the circle thing. It lets, makes you feel like you're in the movie Her. I was going to say the movie She, but I think it's Her. And you, at least you feel like you're in the future. And it's like this circle on your phone. And it's like, breathe in. Like there's like a little, uh, I don't know how to explain it. But anyways, it's like a timed thing. So it'll say breathe in and it'll show you how long. Hold, breathe out. And it'll just do it for as long as you want. I did that this morning. It was awesome. So anyways, I don't have to tell you anything else except for where you can go and about a great discount that you're going to get that I would really recommend. You can do a free trial, but then you can do this premium subscription and I will say worth it, worth it, worth it. Also, I have to tell you a bunch of times to go to calm.com, which sounds like I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but it's C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash JGOK. Anyways, for limited time, JGOK listeners can get 25% off a Calm Premium subscription at, you guessed it, calm.com backslash JGOK. That's C-A-L-M dot C 
O-M slash J-G-O-K. Get it, you'll love it, I promise. Okay, now here are some tools bosses can use to encourage the emotional well-being of their employees. We're all in this together, right? What can we as bosses do, even if you're a boss of one other person, um, even if you're just starting a company, or even if you're not a boss, but you are close with your boss. So many people messaged me that they love their boss, that they have the most understanding boss, that they um, have this great relationship. And I think, you know, that's another thing, just like what those work relationships look, looks like, look what those work relationships <laughs> look like these days is different than they used to. And um, that's a whole other episode, but I think like that's, that's totally possible. So you can share this with them too. I asked on Instagram stories. I love that question feature, but just about like what, what are some of the best experiences you've had? What are some of the worst experiences you have? And I kind of collated all of that and put together some thoughts on action points. I don't know. Who am I? Should I create a spreadsheet next? Yeesh. Okay. Well, in the same vein as, as what I challenged us with, it's like you, you'd have to, if you're a boss or you're talking to your boss, you need to become more aware of the issues and what they mean. So, so for, for me, you know, educating myself on like, what are the struggles of, of the people that work for me and what, you know, and understanding anxiety and all these mental health, health issues. And obviously I'm a mental health advocate. I suffer from a lot of these issues. So I have a keen understanding, which I think helps me relate and helps people relate to me. But if you don't, um, well, you could, you could have your boss listen to my podcast. Just make sure they rate, review and subscribe and download and everything. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Well, not really, but not for those reasons, because I think, I think it would be helpful and it would give context, um, and information. But I think that that's really, really important, man. Do not be emotionally abusive and do not use people's emotions against them, especially if they have come to you, which is, such a brave act, by the way, you can't then turn it on them and, and kind of categorize it as like, well, you're just don't stop being a woman or don't go crazy on us now, which are two quotes that I pulled directly from people that messaged me and told me these are things that my boss said after I confided in them. Not great. <laughs> Not great at all. Looking at the, at your company's policies and you know, Phil, Philip, I'm assuming this is the mailman who is obviously a danger to us all. I mean, the only thing that he didn't do for me was drop off a box that was supposed to be delivered three days ago. He took the slip, but he did not give me the box. So I had to go to the post office today. So maybe Phil can feel my pain and is now angry at the postman, but it seems like, it seems like that's over. So like I was saying, looking at your company's policies um, and plans that cover mental health, there's still a lot of work to be done there, whether it's, you know, um, paid leave, specific mental health days, if if psychotherapy is covered, if psychiatry is covered, if medications are covered, 
all that stuff. That's a, that's a lot to dig into, but I think it's, it's definitely a hot topic for companies being, again, um, having the luxury of kind of being on both sides. I know, um, that there's a lot of talk about that. You know, you can bring in outside help into your organization, whether that's like someone to come speak to the group. You know, we've done some stuff like that. We also just do things like guided meditation or yoga, which is not which is an indirect help for, for some of the stuff, but, um, especially when it, when you're just trying to like, um, reduce stress and just like overall negative emotions, a lot of those things work, but I've, I've also been trying to kind of create like a small support group at work and really encourage people to connect with their coworkers because although selfishly, I love to be the one to help, you know, I think there's also like just the idea of that camaraderie between coworkers and and really what they can do, and so many coworkers are friends now, and that not that that's a new thing. I think that's always been allowed. I think it's I think it's just like I'm not supposed to be friends with anyone. Which give me a break. I want to be friends with everyone. Encourage all of those things that I talk about a million times. And I heard Oprah say you got to say things a million times before people really hear it. And if Oprah says it. It's good enough for me. So encourage self-care, self-awareness, and emotional intelligence. Discourage working yourself to the bone, which I can say for sure was something that I encouraged for a long time. I praised people for. I congratulated myself for that. I felt better than people who did not kill themselves at work. But that's that's no way to live. And it does have negative repercussions. And so, um, you know, in and amongst those other things that I mentioned, we were trying to build like a resource library and and connect people to groups outside of ours that could help having having cold brew, you know? I mean, wh- whatever those things are going to be that to make it feel like a safe stress-free environment that is conducive to having a great experience and then layering on, um, hey, you know, take care of yourself. Make sure you're drinking water. Are you sleeping enough? If you need an extension on that deadline, that's okay. Let's talk about it. That, That sort of thing. Man, train your HR manager or representative or however your company is structured in mental health issues um, and just working through emotions, create a space for people to cry. (laughs) That's actually rough for us because we have an open floor plan with glass offices. Um, So sometimes it's just about how you angle your chair. I think that the girls have found some other places, maybe the roof of our building, maybe uh, a bathroom downstairs, but um, we're working on that. I mean, along with a nap room slash meditation space. But that's important too. Really anything that you can do to make your employees feel heard, cared about, cared about, understood, just helps everyone involved. It's almost like we just have to make compassion and empathy in the workplace a trend, the norm. So beyond a trend, like let's just reset and say like this is how businesses operate. And that too will take time. Okay, well, I'm probably going to let Studio Me, which is different than Future Gen, (laughs) 
although equally as smart as future gen studio me is great about just like coming in and being like all right well thank you for this week and just in closing this is a little bit of what you've learned this is how i think it might have helped see you next week yada 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 a little after show a little music um so i'm gonna let her tie it up in a nice bow cry with pride that's all I can say. Let me leave you with that before Studio Jen comes in and tells you something way cooler than that. Okay, we did it. Did you cry? Are you at work? Are you crying at work? What about in your car? If you are, either way, it's totally okay. All right, so if you're at work, get back to work. And if you're in your car, Maybe go to the McDonald's drive-thru and get a hot fudge sundae. Those always cheer me up. All right. Have a great week. Bye. What do you know about the after show? It's the JGOK after show. You don't know about the after show, but it's the show after the show after the show after the show. What I'd like to do now is prove to you that everyone in my family can sing just as good as me. Because I had my parents try and sing the after show song without looking at the lyrics and they did an amazing job and also I figured you didn't want me to talk about armpits anymore so without further ado Dr. Jamie and the amazing Serena give it a shot and maybe we'll use you for future episodes and don't forget that my dad is Dr. Jamie 14 on Instagram he feels like you've forgotten about him so please give him a like I know we're I know we're trying to tackle this Instagram thing and just social media in general and we're going to do a great job with it but doesn't mean that he can suffer in any way okay I'm glad we got that settled here we go what do you know about the after show it's the JGOK after show you don't know about the after show but it's the show after the show after the show after the show nailed it do you want to do a duet with me? Come on.